On this edition of the Iowa Business Report. Our small business owners truly deserve a lot of credit for the grit that they've had this last year. Assistance is available to help overcome hurdles to starting or growing a small business in Iowa. Economic growth continues in middle America and will introduce you to a business that puts a high-tech priority on sales of farm ground and equipment. This is the Iowa Business Report for the first weekend of March 2021. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. Starting or growing a small business is never easy. It's made even more difficult when the business is being run by those who don't fit the stereotypical business owner profile. That's why the Targeted Small Business Program within the Iowa Economic Development Authority was created. Jill Lippincott leads IEDA's Innovation and Apprenticeship Team. The Targeted Small Business Program is a state certification program, so it's a credentialing program for businesses that are 51% or more owned by women, minorities, individuals with disabilities, and service-disabled veterans. And this is a defined category, I presume, because there was a perceived need to give these particular businesses some sort of additional assistance. Additional leg up, exactly. So the Iowa legislature identified these categories of businesses uh, back in 1985, actually, as the businesses that they wanted to focus on to give a leg up um, when doing business. Historically, some of these businesses have maybe a tougher access to uh, financial support or networking as they're um, looking to grow their business and market their business. So this was a way to identify groups that the state can support through identification of a credential as the targeted small business uh, to do business with as the state of Iowa. I know if you're going to start a business, run a business, you have an entrepreneurial spirit and perhaps not a small independent streak. Do you find sometimes that people who not only would qualify but are prime candidates to benefit sometimes are a little shy or reticent about asking the state for assistance in this way? Oh, absolutely. And I think that's also just common for many of our entrepreneurs of being fearful of asking for help or being fearful for going to apply for a loan. And we know that historically women and minority business owners have a difficult or more difficult time accessing capital for their business. So the program also has a loan component built into it um, where we offer uh, low interest micro loans for that exact reason, because it's scary, it's hard, and it often feels very lonely uh, without being able to be connected to the resources that are out there. So how involved is the credentialing process? Well, you know, the credentialing carries some weight. We do review every application and verify that they are not only a targeted group person or combination of person, women owners, maybe making up that 51% of ownership, but that they are also located in the state of Iowa because this is for Iowa businesses. They are operating for a profit. So this is for businesses, not for nonprofit entities and making less than $4 million in gross revenue. Now, that sounds like a really large number, but we do have some businesses that started with the program years ago and increased revenues every year, and they're required to renew every two years. And so eventually we've had to say, unfortunately, you no longer qualify, but congratulations. And we've been a part of that journey, and it's been wonderful to see. I suppose that's wonderful in terms of incentivizing others. They can look and see these successes 
and realize that why not them? Yeah, Iowa is a great place to start and grow a business because we have so many resources. Uh, we have Iowa SourceLink, which is a great resource for any small business owner. And the ability to be a part of that and support our critical small business owners in the state of Iowa is just wonderful. So we do a lot of profiling those businesses and their success stories. And that's what has been my favorite part about this program is getting to know our small business owners and the communities and how they're a lot of them giving back to their communities. The website for that is iasourcelink.com, iasourcelink.com, and I want to make sure to mention it since you just did so yeah, that people have you. it have it fresh in mind. Obviously, we're talking about businesses, and that seems sort of sterile, but we're talking about individuals with hopes and dreams, and you suggested that this is something that's really gratifying. What are some examples of businesses that you've been able to help shepherd through the process or the agency has to where you can say, This is a great example of what can happen if you take advantage of this opportunity. Well, we had a business that is in food production. They have a product and they received a loan through our targeted small business loan program. They've grown. They've become nationally recognized. They are in stores nationwide. Their product is sold as a diverse business owner. It's marketed as or a product owned by a diverse business owner. So just to even be a part of the origins of that business by a small loan to help them purchase equipment and get them started. And now I I see them on commercials literally when I'm watching TV at night. So it's it's great, you know, to see that kind of success. We've also had businesses, I remember a business owner coming in, had learned about the program. She had um, dropped off her application in person. Now it can be done online, but she came in in person and she was telling us about her struggles. And as a single mom, she had had some difficulties. And I invited her to go with me to a networking event that day because another targeted small business was speaking at that event. And I thought it could maybe inspire her. The speaker at that event connected with her. They've formed a partnership. And now I just got an email. That small business owner who was, you know, harried that day, dropping off her application, She is a speaker at an event next week in honor of Black History Month. So it's just so neat to see those businesses grow and come full circle in their development. It is also important, we're talking about it from the business owner standpoint and what they can do, et cetera. But if I'm a consumer and I want to help people who are really striking out on their own, we have wonderful chain operations that do business and pay taxes in the state of Iowa. We have smaller regional operations, but then we also have this category of small business, and many people especially want to make sure those people survive because they are literally friends and neighbors living down the street. How is it that we might be able to determine this is a place I might want to target to put my business and my dollars? The directory for where all these certified businesses are listed is on our site. It's iowaeda.com slash TSB. It's a public directory. So it's used by our state buyers. It's used by private companies wanting to do business with diverse business owners and can be used by the general public. In fact, during the holidays, I made a big push with all of my friends and and sent out the directory and, and, and encouraged everybody to support diverse small business owners. And if you don't go to the directory, but you are shopping in an area and you see um, the targeted small business badge, there's a bit of a logo that we offer our businesses once they become certified. We give them all a window cling to also identify themselves as a targeted small business owner. And that way you can know, you know you're supporting a woman business owner or a diverse small business owner, because you're right, we have seen that increase over the last few months. And it was really great to see the support over the holidays. And of course, during Black History Month, we're promoting out our diverse small business owners as well. 
Let me ask you finally, the pandemic, of course, has dramatically altered the landscape, especially for those who had a fledgling business. You're always pretty close to the margin. Is there a sense that this is actually a good time for some of these people who might have now found other opportunities shut down, no longer available, that actually you're seeing a spike from people who have been laid off or had additional time at home and they think, life's too short, I need to do this. Absolutely. You know, it is so spot on. Those of us that work in in the resource provider area for small business owners had some conversations last March, April, May, where we were processing a lot of grant applications. We had some grants available, but we were also receiving emails from folks who were saying, I'm starting a small business. And, you know, COVID impacted us in so many ways, but that was not one of the things we forecasted. Uh, But it was a result of many people saying, I'm ready to start my dream. I've had this circumstance and I'm going to go after this dream that I've had. I've got an opportunity now. So we were excited to be a part of, again, them starting their journey at that moment in time and share the number of resources that were out there with them. We promote the directory to buyers of all kinds, private industry, state buyers, individuals, but also the networking aspect that a lot of our business owners find beneficial. So they may never do business with the state of Iowa, but we are launching virtual networking opportunities this month. We used to do in-person, of course, before COVID. And in those networking events, you know, I really kind of stand in the back of the room. It's not about me pitching our services. It is about people networking with each other. And we find often we're bringing people together who are meeting each other for the first time because we all go to networking events and see familiar faces where this really brings together a community of people who may not have met before and are able to learn from each other in new ways. So we're really excited to be doing virtual networking now and hosting some workshops. Uh, Again, profiling the small businesses across the state of Iowa. That's the best part of my job because I get to meet them. I get to often shop from them. I grew up the daughter of a woman small business owner, and I remember the first time my mom went to apply for a loan, and it was terrifying. And I also put blood, sweat, and tears in that small business with her. So, you know, our small business owners truly deserve a lot of credit for the grit that they've had this last year. And it's, again, just exciting to be a part of that journey and an honor. Jill Lippincott of the Iowa Economic Development Authority, talking about the targeted small business program. More at the IEDA website, that's I-O-W-A-E-D-A dot com. We spoke via Zoom on Thursday, February 11th. Still to come, more growth in middle America and using technology to maximize farm sale income. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa's Business Ownership Transition Initiative. Free workshops on ESOPs and worker co-ops twice each month. Learn more at AdvanceIowa.com and on LinkedIn and Facebook. The monthly Mid-America Business Conditions Index was released this past week and for a ninth straight month, the index was in growth territory. Creighton University economist Dr. Ernie Goss oversees the survey of manufacturing supply managers in Iowa and eight other Midwest and Plain states. The current number is 69.6, up from 67.3 the month before. Any number above 50 indicates growth. 
Dr. Goss notes that 8 of 10 manufacturing supply managers reported that bottlenecks in receiving raw materials and supplies from vendors was curtailing what would be even stronger growth. While the regional growth improved, it's a bit of a mixed bag here in Iowa. While the state's index was above the regional number again this month, it fell a bit. The current number is 71.1, down slightly from 71.5 the month before. Dr. Goss notes that since last July, as the pandemic recovery began, both durable and non-durable goods manufacturers in Iowa have expanded at a healthy pace. But labor statistics show manufacturing wages for Iowa production workers have been flat since the onset of COVID-19 one year ago this month. Coming up, how to get your farm equipment for sale in front of 100,000 potential buyers. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by the Iowa Family Business Center. The next Family Breakfast Series session on fair and equal compensation, questions about pay in a family business, will be on March 26th. Learn more at AdvanceIowa.com. In Iowa and throughout the Farm Belt, a farm sale, whether of ground or equipment, can attract a lot of attention. Connecting the right purchasers with items for sale has taken on a different form in this electronic world, and it's a change embraced by Steffes Group. I spoke with Tim Meyer of Steffes Group's Iowa office in Mount Pleasant for this week's business profile. Steffes has been in business since 1960. We have locations all over the upper Midwest. We have locations in North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota and Iowa. We also do sales all over the Midwest. We have a sale in Arkansas that would be this week and we're in Iowa, Montana. We just work all over the upper Midwest. Last year, Steffes did 602 events and that would be all over the upper Midwest and the Midwest. We've booked over 180 auctions for this year. Hmm. We've done about 37, believe it or not, this year. And uh, we've got a lot of auctions that are coming up here in the next few weeks. And all that can be found on our website at steffesgroup.com. But uh, we sell land and equipment, and we primarily work farmer to farmer. We love the opportunity to get out and do retirement auctions. Farmers are a different breed. They're hardworking, and they don't do it for the money. They have such tremendous pride in their equipment. I just can't imagine being in another business than what we're in. You can help these people in certain areas really grow their operation if they're looking to expand or they can upgrade equipment. It's a very affordable way for them to take that next step, which is really important, whether you're feeling more comfortable growing on your own, bringing in another generation, which I know is huge in farming. You know, one of the things that we strive to do is we believe that buyers eventually become sellers. And it might be one piece or two piece, not necessarily an entire line. Steffes has got such a broad range of services. We can sell your equipment either live on site. We can do live on site with internet bidding. We can do an internet only auction. The other thing that that we have become masters at is these multi-party auctions. We had a sale two weeks ago that was in the Story City area. We incorporated five different farmers 
that had short lines of equipment into one auction. And having the footprint that we have and being able to talk to people all the time, we're able to put those events together a lot. And so the multi-party auctions are multiple farmers that come together that have a few pieces or maybe even a short line of equipment that we are allowed to either offer live with internet or internet only. And uh, it's something that we've become very, very good at. So we have live auctions that are one piece consignment auctions. We call those ag irons, though we do those all over the Midwest. Mason City, we have one in Grundy Center, Mount Pleasant. And in those locations, we sell not only farm equipment, but we'll sell construction equipment. And uh, we are in the truck and transportation world. So if a farmer can use it, we want to be able to sell it. Help people understand why using the services of a company like Steffes Group, as opposed to what I recall growing up, every town had a guy who would cry a sale on the weekend. You know, they had the local auction house, etc. And these are people you've known for years. But this has gotten to be much more specialized in terms of how both buyers and sellers want to treat things, right? That's the distinction between what you can offer in 2021 and what I may remember from 30 or 40 years ago in rural Iowa. Well, Jeff, it wasn't even that long ago. And (laughs) I came from a business like that. And Steffes was a business like that. It's family owned. It's third generational now. The thing that Steffes brings to the plate that that makes it just so hard to compete with if you're a smaller auction company. We own our own platform. We own our own website. We have the ability to market to backup bidders. We can market to folks that we know are interested in your type of equipment. The data in the world that we live in today is such a big, big deal. We have almost 100,000 registered bidders that we have the ability to market to on a daily basis, whether it's email or direct mail or even phone calls. That is something that we didn't have access to that even 20 years ago. So it's so important to know that when we roll into a potential auction, we know that 84% on average of the buying clientele of your potential auction, we already have on our web base. We already are marketing to those people. So that puts just tremendous comfort in a seller's mind to know that 84% of the buyers of their equipment, we already have possession of in our database or marketing to them currently. The other thing is the critical mass of the company, when you're doing 15 to 25 auctions a week, We had 37 million page views last year. We had 1.4 million viewers on our website uh, and and we're keeping them on the website a long time. The average viewership on our website is almost 10 minutes long. It's because they're looking for something that they need that they are continuing to do more and more just to see what's going on around them. And the transportation world has gotten much smaller. You know, it's very common for a North Dakota buyer to buy an Iowa piece of equipment and vice versa. That didn't used to happen 20 years ago. The equipment has gotten much larger. It's easier to transport, ironically. That's become a big part of what we do also, Jeff. We have over 100,000 registered bidders that chose to bid on our site. It's absolutely mind-blowing to know the amount of outside influence that we brought to that farm and that family is just mind-blowing.
In the old days, the auctioneer did everything and was therefore responsible for every action of the auction. We now are a large enough business. When you hire Stephas, it's a team and we have marketing people and coordinating people and lineup people and cleanup people. And then we have the salespeople and those salespeople only have to work with the buyers of your sale to make sure that the process goes very smoothly. It's, it's a much easier process and less stressful than it used to be for the auctioneer back in the times that you were talking about, Jeff. Anytime you have an event of any kind, but certainly a sale, you worry about so much. Will we get good attendance? Well, the beauty of the internet option is you know you're going to have bidders who are interested. And again, it just makes it a much smarter move for people to utilize the services of your company. And it takes a lot of the risk out of it because, as you mentioned, with the number of events you put on in a year... Not your first rodeo. You know how to do this. And that and that's a big comfort, as you say, for the person, either who's selling, obviously, but also for the buyer because they know they're dealing with reputable folks. I tell folks all the time, we're not going to have a bad day because we do this every day. And uh, that's really, really important. The critical mass of our website, people are on the website looking for something else and they will all of a sudden find your sale. And that is so important. Uh, it happens all the time. Folks are in the buying mood. They don't necessarily buy what they set out looking for, but they're going to buy something. And I tell folks all the time, if we don't have it, you don't need it because uh, we sold over 90,000 items last year, Jeff, to I think uh, over 50,000 people. In 50 different states, we, we sold stuff actually in 10 different countries and seven different provinces. So it's just absolutely mind-blowing how far our reach is getting. Tim Meyer of Steffes Group in Mount Pleasant. They're online at steffesgroup.com. Steffes is spelled S-T-E-F-F-E-S. We connected via Zoom on Friday, February 26th. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. You'll also find podcasts of full interviews with many of the folks you hear on this program. They're listed as IBR Extras and IBR Business Profiles. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, including iHeart, Apple, and Google. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.